0: All right, everyone. I have the absolute privilege of welcoming uh, Mike O'Brien to chat a little bit this week. Uh, He's an Emmy-nominated writer from SNL, Uh, worked there, wrote there for the better part of a decade, I believe. Uh, I also served as a cast member. Um, And has appeared in a handful of movies. Uh, Now he's spending most of his time uh, doing everything for NBC's AP Bio, which just had its third season launch uh, on the Peacock Network. Uh, We will jump to that uh, a little later, but uh, also for those that don't know him or – A good chunk of you may not know uh the reason we're going to kind of chat with him here uh is that mike is a michigan grad too and if you follow him on twitter you're probably aware that he's a big michigan sports fan so uh we'll we'll chat with that with him as well so uh mike welcome thanks for thanks for coming and chatting and uh let's have some fun
1: absolutely uh thanks for having me scott
0: um, so yeah, so, so the people that aren't aware, uh, you went to Michigan. Uh, what years were you there? What what was kind of just your experience like in Ann Arbor?
1: Um, I was there from 1995 to 99, and um, so my experience was constant national championships.
0: Must um, be nice.
1: <laughs> there were it, it was really fun. Um, of course, uh, 97 for football and. Um, two hockey national championships while I was there and, um, you know, living in, in West quad with all the, the hockey dudes. Um, so yeah, it was, it was great. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the Woodson, Woodson era undergrad.
0: Yeah. It's, it's probably a little better, uh, party talking point than, uh, I was a senior for Appalachian state. So, uh, I think you get a point there, uh, So yeah, you, you've got football. You mentioned hockey. Were you were you uh, a Yoast regular, a season ticket guy there?
1: Yeah, all four years season tickets, and then um, I think I got at least a half season, even the year after I graduated, and was living in Chicago. And sometimes my parents would use the tickets, and sometimes I'd drive home for them. But I, I um, the Yoast games were my favorite live sports events to this day and um but yeah i would get i think season football the first um couple years and then um i lived on hill street like a couple blocks from the stadium for um sophomore through senior year and so it became more important to us to um park cars on our lawns and go to the games
0: (laughs) hey uh, entrepreneurial I, i like
1: that Exactly. Yeah. Get two hundred dollars or something, depending on the opponent. But um uh but yeah, uh hockey was the best. And it's funny I can't get into it on TV, but those are my favorite memories of any live sporting event to this day were um Yoast hockey games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think anyone that went to school at Ann Arbor kind of understands that, but I get I get weird looks from people who uh like it's come up before i'm like hey if you can get tickets for one thing at michigan uh it's yost it's not uh it's not michigan stadium it's not it's not chrysler and uh i don't think people get it until they go to a game and then it's it's not really even disputed that much so uh yeah that's 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 awesome to uh to hear that i'm kind of not alone on that island um totally
1: and for how how great an era of sports i was going there um Chrysler was a huge bummer, and we were a um, constant NIT team with tractor trailer and, and a lot of uh, fun people and fun games. But it'd be like, you know, half to two thirds full. The, there was no student section. So the advancement, both in the quality of play and what they've done with Chrysler um, is way better than when I was an undergrad. It was kind of a, a weird, depressing thing. The students were all mixed all over. There weren't a lot of people and the team, the teams weren't doing as well. Um, so, um, my, um, bragging only goes for football and hockey.
0: Well, there you go. Well, as, as I talked about with App State, I, uh, I, when I covered the team in college, it was the Tommy Amaker era. So I can absolutely relate, uh, relate to you with that but uh i i've i've been following you on twitter for uh we've kind of been twitter buddies for a couple of years now uh but i feel like the the first introduction to your michigan fandom to me was during uh some of michigan's most recent runs and in, in, in the beeline era so at, at least a uh, little bit of loyalty that's that's finally gotten to pay off a little bit uh how do you how do you feel about the Juwan Howard era in its in its infancy so far?
1: I was I was such a beeline fan that um I was very hesitant about that, even though, you know, fab five were a humongous deal to me when I was um sixteen or something. Um but um Juwan won me over really quickly. Um there were just a couple moments even before they were doing well with wins. Um, that I can't remember right now, but where he was just, I don't know, there there's weird little things that feel like what you would include in the um, movie about a guy who's um, winning over a fan base. And some of is, is like how he danced with them after the, um, uh, Atlantis, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. and, um, he's making fun of himself doing his, um, fab five dance and, um, uh, He'll you know, He tweets about their birthdays a lot, and there was something about that that kind of won me over and and you almost just have to shift from like um, a coach straight out of like the movie Hoosiers or something to a player's coach. and both are great models. they're just so different. but um i'm I'm really optimistic and kind of all in for Juwan, even though um, B-Line was one of my favorite coaches of any sport ever.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I uh couldn't couldn't agree with you more uh in that front. Um so looking like maybe we're getting a basketball season. Obviously everyone knows how football is playing out. Uh how are you kind of handling the uh or kind of what's your what's your fall fandom like usually? Are are you able to get back for games or are you kind of too busy with work related stuff and 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 what's your revised fall look like this this uh this 2020 with all the fun pandemic stuff going on
1: well i guess i i first should double check with you are we definitely not playing at all
0: uh as of right now it's it's not looking like it obviously there's there's optimi- or there's Uh, People in Schembechler hoping for an October or even a Thanksgiving start. Uh, I've uh, I've I've uh, early on in this, I kind of just assumed it was going to happen. So now kind of for my sanity, I'm just assuming it's not and leaving myself an opportunity to be pleasantly surprised. But uh, if if it doesn't happen, sort of what is what uh, how, how are you still getting your Michigan fix?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that is a huge bummer, because that was a big part of the week every week. And I'd I set it aside and, you know, ruin, ruin some dating relationships around this, where <laughs> I'm like, well, just so you know, and, and it's so weird. Out I, I live in LA. So I'm like, from 10am till 2pm on Saturdays, I kind of um, don't want to hang out. And also, if it's a loss, then I don't want to hang out till Monday. Um, (laughs) I know how that goes. (laughs) It's, um, yeah, that'll be a big hole in my fall. I I'm so thankful that like, um, we got some baseball and, and basketball now, um, professional to, um, feel like there's some live sports to watch. I was, um, I'm in between seasons of, of work right now and hopefully, um, there'll be something in the future, but, um, uh, yeah, going through old movies and stuff. Yeah. I, I realized how often the end of my evening is all about a, a sporting event that I'd taped. And when it kind of came back like three weeks ago or whatever, maybe it's more like two months now. Um, it was so great, but, um, but yeah, my white socks and, um, other things I follow are nothing compared to, the michigan football games that's going to be a huge bummer i didn't used to get back to them but um all right i mean once every couple of years but um i you know would set aside everything and watch um even if i was i remember one time trying to watch in toronto while i was shooting something up there it was really hard i, I had to go to some faraway sports bar and they had like a 100 tv screens and one of them in the corner on mute had the game and i was like can i have this can I kick you guys out of this table? I, this is <laughs> a big thing to me. I know you guys don't care. You just like hockey, um, but got it done.
0: I I respect that. Uh, when I, when I first moved down to Texas, it's uh, a lot of big 12 SEC stuff down here. So I've, I've done my fair share of trying to negotiate and barter for, uh, for Michigan to uh, show off on TV. So that's a struggle for displaced Wolverines everywhere. Um uh so
1: bar bar. we watched in sorry the main bar we watched in chicago when i lived there and there's a lot of michigan some of my old roommates and stuff were living there and we would go to this bar that i hated i can't remember the name of it but it was a michigan slash texas bar and it was always like their game was going simultaneous and they kind of had more people than us and it just didn't feel like It it was like a cooler choice than the Michigan bars to to my old roommates. Um, And I don't know. I think they saw the Michigan bars as like all 23-year-olds or something. But (laughs) um, having Texas people um, just packed in there, cheering super loud, and then on the way out, like yelling at us about how we might have lost or something. I have horrible, (laughs) like triggering memories of that burnt orange color.
0: Yeah, the the split bar thing is a big thing down here too, and it's like, if, if you break up the probabilities of, okay, let's say it's 50-50, this side wins, that side wins, but then you have to multiply that by two, like, there's only a 25% chance that both sides are going to be, like, happy at the end of it, and if not, it's just, like, a bunch of drunk people on both sides, so you're basically got a 75%, uh, chance of disaster. So, uh, right. they might want to <laughs> rethink that, that business model. Um, but yeah. they get, they get people watching football and drinking, so they're, they're doing something right. Um, right. so, so back, back to your time in Ann Arbor, uh, did, did you kind of always know you wanted to like growing up, were you a Michigan fan and, uh, did you kind of always know you wanted to go there?
1: Yeah, I, I was, a, a big fan growing up and, um, um, applied early. And so I only applied there. I figured I'd apply early and then wait to hear yes or no. Cause I was kind of, um, on the bubble for sure. Um, with my GPA and everything in high school, I think my high school counselor said that was not an option for me. Um, <laughs> but I got in with the early admission and then, um, so I, I didn't apply anywhere else. Um, and I don't know where i would have if i had to because yeah i was kind of all in but um not sure that it would work
0: out good deal um and then so I, i've read somewhere you uh y- you tried to write a humor column at the daily for a couple years uh is is that is that going to be a problem between us? like i was a sports editor for the daily i know the daily thing didn't work <laughs> out for you is there like a resentment toward the daily or how how'd that whole thing play out
1: well, there was, um, I mean, a kind of joking resentment, but I loved, it sounds like we overlapped because if, if, I feel like Appalachian State, or oh, no, that's like 2007, but um, uh, there was a great columnist uh, who did the Friday, like, I don't know what you'd call it, but it was like a humor column, the way he did it, and I can't think of his name right now, but for my first couple of years on the Fridays in 95 and 96 was a guy named Scott or something that was really funny. And it was like a uh, light turned on for me. And I was like, Oh, I want to write columns. And so I would, yeah, intensely apply every semester for freshmen and the beginning of sophomore year. And a lot of like sitting in the daily waiting room um, being like, I, I just wanted to follow up on that submission and they were just busy and um i got blown off so i started a um a self-made comedy newspaper called the anti-daily um nice. which really didn't focus its time on being anti-michigan daily it, it just was the name built out of the um impetus of anger and uh but it was a random it was trying to be the young in the harvard lampoon which both were coming into borders and i would get them every time they came out and love those and and so just trying to be funny a lot of like my roommates and stuff writing for it and um what i didn't realize at the time was the beginning of my career but but yeah there is there is it wasn't like animosity because it's like an elephant and an ant or something but I remember we would hand them out on the quad. We got a little funding from the school. And so we would print, I forget, but maybe like 500 copies, maybe more. And then we'd hand them out. And um, once in a while, someone would pass and be like, I work for the daily. I'm pro daily and like <laughs> smack them out of our hands or something. <laughs> and it's like, oh, these aren't really actually um, trying to take down the newspaper that comes out once a day and has color and more than four like ours was like an 11 by 17 piece of paper folded that's what i'm saying four pages were so um but it was super fun
0: well if if you want to describe arguably the least intimidating uh situation ever it would probably be a michigan daily journalist coming up to someone at the <laughs> diag and being like oh, watch out We'll beat you up. So, um, yeah, Yeah, the face out
1: between that and the comedy writer, undergrad comedy writer is, is, yeah, it's not a heavyweight
0: uh, championship. I think uh, I think it turned out all right for you. And uh, you you kind of got to avoid the uh, the pitfalls of the journalism industry. So uh, you're you're doing all right there. Um, Did you so did you know you kind of wanted to do something in the. Film, comedy type um, genre going into school, or you just kind of went to college and kind of figured it out there?
1: I kind of figured it out there. I I was going in as an engineering major um, because my dad's an engineer and um, you don't know what to major in when you're 18. And I very quickly was like, I don't care or like any of this. And um, all I think about is that comedy newspaper and um funny movies and stuff so i i shifted my major well i got kicked out i had two straight semesters under a 2.0 and they they won't let you do that apparently i'd like a (laughs) 1.7 and a 1.4 and i was out and i got a letter at christmas um break sophomore year to my home in blissfield saying i'm out of michigan Oh. And I had to go back and write a letter about how I want to get back in. And then I was on probation and I met with this woman once a week who would you know, be like, what tests do you have this week and everything. And they were <laughs> really helpful about letting me find a path back in. But one of the things was changing my major from engineering to film. And um, then I got pretty good grades because it was kind of fun to study and write papers late at night and stuff. So um, that was a, a smart switch but a little bit of growing pains there
0: yeah the a very merry christmas at the o'brien household that that uh (laughs) that winter
1: yeah Um, because yeah my dad used to always say just get an engineering degree and then you can fall back on that but you can go do comedy or whatever these other things you want to do are and then his tone that holiday switched to get any degree if you can (laughs) Um, just just try to get a degree and i was like all right let's do it
0: yeah, no, I'm I'm a firm believer in that. I didn't want to. Um, I tell people that want to go into journalism, a I say don't, but b I say major in in something that you can fall back on, and that's what I did. The the problem being the thing I did major in is history, which might be the only degree that's that's more worthless than <laughs> a uh, journalism degree, but it's the it's the thought that that counts. So you went to uh, Chicago after school. Did did the second city thing? Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. A week after graduating from Michigan, or something, I moved onto my sister's couch in in um, Chicago, Wrigleyville, and started taking classes and did that um, improv scene there for nine years, um, teaching and um, performing every night, having day jobs, and second city by the last year.
0: And how does how does that go from point A to Going to Chicago, to how does that lead to uh, heading out east and doing the uh, Sariant Live thing?
1: Um, well, every summer to two, um, Lauren Michaels from SNL will come to Chicago and um, watch Second City and um, a showcase of performers sometimes at a place called Improv Olympic. Um, knock on wood that any of these places exist when we come back into Chicago. Yeah. Uh, regular life. Cause I think they're all on the ropes. Um, they're not really places that can take seven months of zero income, but, um, um, he would come to those and he did, um, see me perform at one or both those places in 2004. And I flew out for an in-person audition, um, in, uh, at SNL in the on that like monologue stage. And I didn't get it in 2004. And then he came back in 2009. Um, five years later, I mean, he'd, he'd been there in the middle of it. But in 2009, I also got blown out again. And that time, so you, I was auditioning kind of as a performer, but they know in the back of their minds, it's kind of for both. And what I ended up getting hired for was uh, to be a writer from that audition in 2009.
0: Very cool. So yeah, you're one of the one of the few uh, cast members to kind of do writers to to on screen. I think the last person to do it before you, I, I read somewhere, I think it was Jason Sudeikis. Uh, what's what sort of um, what's what's the what's that like making that transition? And 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 what what side of the camera did you kind of have more fun on? Um, so yeah, the transition. I
1: mean. So when I got out there, I was I'd been performing at the very end, um, eight shows a week um, in Chicago for Second City, plus a couple late night shows at I O and places, and I I really considered myself to be a performing comedian, and then it dropped to zero, and so I would I would meet with Lauren at least once a season for my first couple of seasons, and be like, can I audition to be in the cast as well or something? I still really my dream is to perform on the show and um, he was nice about it. But, you know, speaking of, there were a lot of people like Sudeikis and Sandberg and Bill Hader there that he was like, we got our, our quirky white dude (laughs) demographic covered. And um, so then I kind of forgot about it and just went and was enjoying kind of writing. And after my fourth season, there was a big exodus and he wanted to make a big incoming class that he knew he would whittle down pretty quickly, I think, too. Um, but um, I got kind of hired randomly, seemingly randomly one summer, but there, the seed had been planted a couple of years before with a bunch of meetings where I talked a lot about that, and he had seen me perform a bunch. Um, so, But it wasn't a new audition. I, I just got a phone call in the summer where he was like, you're in the cast now and hey. I want you to hit the ground running and um <laughs> that's my lazy Lauren um <laughs> and then but I, I don't know which I enjoy better I mean writing but really the hybrid of of writing a, a video piece and being in it was my favorite moments and those are my favorite 10 pieces or whatever. Um, because uh, only performing in the live cast for one year, it's not fun yet. I, I don't know how many seasons it takes to where you're really loose and fun on live TV, reading two cards and all that. But it's more than one, certainly, because that was just all stressful. And um, But the videos were less stressful and, and really fun and uh, more... Um, pure way of getting my voice on the show
0: yeah no absolutely i was i was in preparation i was watching uh some of that and uh had uh had had some real laughs i uh is there there a specific favorite that you had or thing that you whether it's the thing you thought that was most funny or the thing that you're like holy shit i got this on tv or uh what what was is is there a, a, a favorite um snl moment you have
1: I mean, there there are a whole bunch, but uh, just some of those videos and getting to do them with friends um, were really special and um, fun memories. The Jay-Z story um, was with my friends, Matt and Oz, um, directing it. Oz um, still directs a lot of AP bio and stuff, and um, Sudeikis was in that one. And uh, my friend Tim Robinson and I wrote some that were really fr- fun to um, write and put up, um, one called grow a guy. And, um, uh, a lot of those were really fun. And, and the week to week of the live sketch show was really fun too. Uh, The amount of stress around it is actually like leads to a lot of releasing with big laughs and ongoing jokes and things. We still all text each other. So it's the, the trauma of the situation leads to a lot of funniness. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of, um, the best and worst of times scenario.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, so AP bio is kind of your, uh, your baby now, uh, season three just came out, uh, on the Peacock network last week. Um, how, do, how did this sort of come about and what's, uh, what was the process like kind of getting, um, getting the show sort of resurrected and finding a new home for it and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So it, it came about by, um, well, I wrote the pilot when I knew I was in my final year best now in my um, six and seven seasons, I kind of was slowly making a move to LA and doing less and less and just trying to do a couple videos of my own here and there when I was out of the um, week to week live cast. Um, and so I wrote this as a thing to try to sell in LA. I actually wrote a couple pilots, but, um, this was the first one I tried to sell and yeah, I, I just got a, um, was able to get a pitch meeting to NBC and they liked it. So we shot a pilot and each, uh, without going into all the details, there's like five hurdles or whatever that they're like, okay, now you can write a a pilot and, um, they, they pay you for that and they read that and they're, they're doing that with a a big number of people. And then out of those, they say you, uh, five can shoot a pilot. And then out of those, they say you, I think the year we did it was two of us could actually shoot a full season then. So you go through all these, um, little roadblocks and that was all really exciting and fun. And, um, very cool, and then yeah, the you, you start to get that the numbers on Thursday night are the live numbers, the night of numbers. All these meetings and phone calls are not that great. Um, young Sheldon on CBS was definitely popping off more with all the sixty-five-year-olds that watch yeah. TV like live, Ooh. live. Like if you if you're five minutes behind on your DVR, you're not in the number. You, you have to actually be like watching live in every commercial. And, and we had really good numbers on um, streaming and, and like Hulu and everything. So um, that's why we got canceled from NBC. But it was not kind of a natural thing to be picked up by a streaming network because we've done better with that, which I think a high school show does better with younger people, even though it's really supposed to be a show about and in my mind for adults. But I think we have a pretty good um, Following of people who are in high school and um, they do not turn on a TV to the network live at 8:30 p.m. or whatever, so yeah. but it was kind of a natural shift that I was very happy with for us to go over to the new streaming network that NBC made called Pe- Peacock.
0: Yeah, very cool. Um, so it's uh, for people that don't watch it, I totally recommend doing it. It's uh, it's hilarious. Uh, it's 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 kind of a vehicle for Glenn Howerton. Uh, Dennis from Always Sunny. It's got Patton Oswald in it, who you've seen in a bunch of things. Did you did you write um, the show with a person like Glenn in mind, or like what what's the process? Like, do you are you envisioning okay, this this is who this teacher is going to be, or did you um, did you draw inspiration from anyone in, in in particular for that for that role? I I think to be honest, both. Glenn's
1: leading role and, and Patton, those characters were probably, I was writing with how I would improvise those characters. There, Those are both characters I would have played in an improv show in Chicago, you know. Um, not that I wanted to play them in the show, um, but that, that would be how I would think of the next line. And then the case where it was like actor first was with an actress named Paula Pell who comes in the second episode. And I had a whole writer's room by the time um, we were coming up with the second episode and we were making up this, um, what what becomes Patton's um, a receptionist uh, a character named Helen. And we were like, maybe it's like Paula Pell, who is this, snl writer who we all love and have known for years and that then we kind of wrote with her sense of humor in mind so we did do it that way for that one and then and by the way we were just fingers crossed that we actually get paula because otherwise we're going to be asking some actress to basically be doing a paula impression <laughs> yeah uh, but we did get her and and she's great and a huge part of the show but the other ones it was written you know a year or two before I knew that we would get people that are as good and um, perfect for the parts as Patton and, and Glenn. And, and then once you have them, then we start writing to their strengths too. Like Glenn is like an intensely good actor. He like was trained at Juilliard and everything. And so to set him up for things that I would never have done and in, in improv, Uh, show like cry convincingly and things like that um then yeah you you start as the seasons go on I feel like that's why the show naturally also gets in my opinion a little better and better is we as writers get used to these specific actors and you're no longer writing to the general idea of a teacher who's like this and lines that I might improvise you're like writing to what can Patton kill in the scene and um we get better and better at, at writing for them.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that makes sense. So how, how, uh, how cool is it or, or what's it like having so much say kind of in a pro project like this? Like I'm not too familiar with Hollywood, but I, I'd, I'd imagine getting to be a creator slash writer slash producer slash showrunner, uh, kind of gives you a lot of power and creative freedom. That's not really always the case. Is this, is this kind of, what an end goal was for you or what you were working toward and, and, and how, uh, how cool is it kind of getting to have so much say in, in a, like a network TV show?
1: It's a hundred, hundred percent, the end goal. And it, it's the coolest thing in the world to me. I, it's my dream job completely. And um, I hope I can keep doing some version of it forever. I, I love collaborating and I get to, but then I also, at the end of the day, get to say the final thing, and um, people have commented that I um, there's some showrunners that don't get into the nitty gritty, and I understand that too. Some of them are producing multiple shows at once or whatever, but I go and into almost every detail. I, you know, look at the photos of the five options. For every single character's outfit, for every scene, no. in email photos, and say, I think the red sweater plus this. Um, actually, with that, when I loop in a, a writer who has better um, costume uh, clothing in general in real life nice. than me, there. decision. But um, but that level of decision, every sound effect, like I think that door creak is a little bit too horror film. Can we do we have a <laughs> little more normal door creak sound and every level of everything and it's a joy to me it, it makes it so that you work pretty much around the clock when the season's going but I'm you know just have a rush of endorphins and everything because it is the dream job to get to have final say and I've been lucky both NBC and um, definitely peacock are pretty deferential and are like we we encourage you to go more this way but you know it's your show it's kind of your ship to sail or sink and um I love that.
0: So I know uh you were kind of the driving force behind some uh some Michigan Easter eggs that would show up on SNL uh every now and then. You'd occasionally see a Michigan football helmet showing up or uh there would be a um a burn a dig at Michigan State and some in some sort of uh some sort of skit uh or, can, can fellow Wolverines uh, look forward to seeing you try to deftly s- sneak something in for, uh, for Michigan fans uh, in the future?
1: Well, for one thing, um, I got credited with a lot that um, was nothing to do with me. Oh. Um, there was a... Karen and Vanessa had a um, K-pop Japanese... Sh- talk show that um was based in michigan state university and that i was never in the room when that was being written or anything and i was like on twitter people were like i think this is Mike burning them and all that there there's a really subtle thing that was also a coincidence but um uh there's a video i made with tim robinson called monster pals and it just happened to be monster pals have you seen Bo in it the photo I, I, it's like for I, two seconds, but the the bar we were using was a regular um, after after party SNL bar that I'm okay. blanking on the name of right now. But um, uh, I didn't think about that. But because of that relationship, that's who we were allowed to shoot with at 9 a.m. on some Friday morning, and um, uh, they closed out the bar for us, and and we shot. And but it was also a Michigan bar technically. Hmm. Um, I hadn't really, I'd only watched a couple games there maybe ever, but I forgot they had a big framed photo of Bo that the, my, my monster character walks by as he's heading out into the world. It's very subtle, but people were all like, then you hung that photo and I was like, actually the photo was there. It's, it's all kind of funny coincidences at SNL. I did not have the control that we're oh. talking about. <laughs> I did joke to joke, but uh, not like set design and everything that you do for AP bio, um, but yeah, I, I go back and forth on it. Sometimes I'm like, should I put in my friend from high school's name here? And should I put in a, a Michigan reference there? And and other times I, I've gotten, as I've gotten older, done a little bit less Easter eggs. And I'm yeah. just like, I'll just t- tweet a lot about
0: how much I love Michigan. I don't need to make it a little sneaky thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, you're the first, I mean you don't have to deny that like take take credit for it if if, if, if it was me and everyone's like oh my god you're a genius how'd you do this and like <laughs> yeah sure I'll, I'll take credit for something i didn't do that's that's it but um but yeah no that's right. good uh i'll uh i'll embed that monster pals in in with this too because i was just watching that the other day that's good stuff um yeah so uh wrapping up i i, I really appreciate all the um how generous you've been with your time um any any uh any last words, any last uh, suggestions as for uh, season three of AP Bio suggestions on how people consume it, share it and any 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 good stuff like that?
1: Um, just just yeah, that I hope uh, people go and check it out on Peacock and um, you don't have to see the first two seasons if, if you're liking it. Um, you should, because uh, hopefully those are up your alley as well. But it's not a show. I'm intentionally trying to make it a show like the ones we grew up on, the sitcoms that aren't as serialized. You don't, they don't build one off the other story-wise. You can just pop in and watch season three and um, hopefully enjoy it. And um, it's it's the most experimental season. There's at least three episodes that are kind of what i'd call concept episodes or they're they're playing with sitcom structure a little bit as many sitcoms have done but um i'm really excited and proud about those and um so i hope people check them out there's eight episodes there were going to be 10 but we got shut down by the pandemic before we shot nine and ten um so it's it's a quick watch and hopefully really funny and um that's that's my plug for that and um yeah I, i super optimistic and hopeful for some basketball good, good to the boys back
0: yeah you you and me and about 10 million other alums uh yeah. all we're we're all in the same boat so uh we'll keep our fingers crossed there and uh hopefully everyone checks out the show and we'll keep our fingers crossed for uh season four and beyond
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. And and thanks for uh, the interview and everything. It, it's good to finally talk in person, Scott.
0: All right. Yep. We'll uh, we'll uh, um, we'll stay in touch and, and and maybe we'll do this again uh, when when season four launches uh, ne- this time next year or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's what it would be. Um, that's a deal. All
0: right. Sounds good, man. Thanks again.
1: All right. Thanks, Scott.